Merry Christmas. Kids, are you excited? Are you ready for tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow? What's tomorrow? What are you going to do tomorrow? Open. Hey, did you? I. You guys didn't. You must not have. You must not have heard. Um, they they made a new rule that we can't open presents until next weekend. This. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, let me do it again. Merry Christmas. It is so good to have everybody here. You know, this is one of my favorite uh, services of the year because it it really is just it, one where everybody comes together. It's just a big family celebration, and we are just so glad that you are here. Thanks for being a part of our just family celebration of Jesus Christ. Um, hey, a couple housekeeping things real quick. Um, at the end of the service, if you want to get a family picture, uh, Pastor Peter is going to be in our coffee bar, and he is snapping uh, photos for people. And if you've ever done that before, he takes really good pictures, and then he gets them to you. Um, and so you might want to just stop by our coffee bar, get, get your family shot. Everybody needs a family shot for Christmas, yes? Yeah. And all the moms said, amen. Yeah, okay. All the dads like, oh, and all the kids went, no. Oh. Okay, so I know how that goes. Um, a uh, couple quick things. Because we're having the services today, no service this weekend. Um, and then next weekend, uh, on Saturday, it's New Year's Day. So we decided, hey, we won't do a service on that day as well. So we will have uh, a 10 o'clock service on January 2nd uh, to, to bring in the new year. We'll just uh, gather all together um, in one service. So hope that you will join us for that. Um, that is it in regards to that. Once again, uh, thank you for, for being here. I am going to uh, pray real quick. I'm going to invite God into this message. Um, if you're a, a regular family attender here, you know this is the time we pray for our offering, so I'm going to pray for that real quick. Uh, but as I pray, would you just invite the Holy Spirit to come speak to you? Um, here's my hope. My hope is that you will leave this place with a, a little more awe and wonder than when you came in. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that um, you, you use the church to reach out into the community and to impact it and use our giving to do that. So God, we ask that you would just uh, bless the offering that, that is given today. And now, Lord, as I transition into the message, Lord, I pray that you um, would just, you would come and visit us. Lord, we thank you for the fact of what this, um, this time of the year, what tomorrow actually means. And that is that you so loved us that you sent your son um, to die on our behalf so that we could have eternal, everlasting life. And so, Lord, we celebrate the birth of Jesus together. And so, Lord, I pray that right now you would use me to communicate your heart. Um, Lord, I don't want it to just be uh, a good message. I want it to be inspired by your Holy Spirit. And we pray that as I speak these words, that you would penetrate into the hearts, into the um, spirit, into the minds of the people listening here tonight. And God, I pray that you would just fill us with a sense of awe and wonder as to what you've done for us through the birth of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, um, Shine Church, this is our actually our fourth Christmas. Um, and so every Christmas that we've done, I have uh, pulled together, and when I say I, my wife, because uh, she just loves seeing these things and finding these things, but she always finds funny little memes. And so a couple that we just wanted to kick off with, get us laughing a little bit. And so here's the first one. Dad's all year. Who left the lights on? We aren't lighting the whole neighborhood. Dad's in December. <laughs> Next one. Feliz Navidad. 
Uh, yeah. Excited for the holidays. We bought a gingerbread house to decorate it, and it already has six offers. Got a couple of real estate people in here. That's, that's very timely. And this final one, just to be perfectly clear, these gifts are for your birthday and Christmas. <laughs> How many December birthdays in here? A couple over. Oh, yeah, my kids. Oh, yeah. I have a couple over here. Yeah. Uh, they, they relate to that one. Absolutely. Hey, we are in where well, we are concluding a series called Wonder. And all of December, we have been teaching about wonder and the fact that um, I believe that every single one of us was created to actually have a sense of awe and wonder about life. And so we've taught that we are created to have that. But then Adam and Eve, we know the story, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what's interesting about that is we think that knowledge is always good. As a matter of fact, we can grab our phone and find out anything about everything right now. But I would submit to you that that's not necessarily good. Would you agree? And so they ate of that apple, and here's what happened. They lost their innocence. They lost the ability to be filled with awe and wonder, and they began to know things that maybe God didn't intend for them or want them to know. And then we've been teaching that Jesus came. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. Jesus came to purchase back the ability to have that sense of awe and wonder and the fact that we can have direct relationship with our Creator because of what Jesus has done. Then we talked about the, the fact that um, the person in this room that probably is the best example of what it looks like to live a life filled with wonder and filled with awe is our children. Again, how many kids we got? Yeah, lots of kids in here. Um, and if you're a parent, you have a complete understanding of this. There is, one of the greatest parts of Christmas is being able to give your kids the gifts that they're hoping for and wanting. And, and really, sometimes it can be simple little things. Um, I have a video of a couple different times where we give, gave gifts to our daughter. And I want you to capture and catch and see the wonder and the awe that she has as she opens these gifts. Check this out. In the box.
as a parent, I can watch that video over and over and over and over again and never get tired of it. Why? Because of the awe and wonder. And I'm just submitting to you that maybe your heavenly father thinks that about you. And every time you're filled with awe and wonder and you have that kind of expression, that I wonder if he has a videotape that he plays over and over and watches you and your response when you're filled with wonder and awe. It's interesting, I'm watching your faces as you watch this and when Alyssa opens the shoes, they all smile and then Kim says, it's like Andrew's, and she goes, and I watched several of you go, <laughs> as she did it, you did it. It's just amazing. There's a contagiousness to it that when you're filled with wonder and when you're filled with awe, when you're acting like a little child and you're not worried about all of the weird different things that we can worry about and you're just enjoying the fact that God created you and the life that he's wanted to give you and wants you to live in, there is a contagiousness about you for your family, for your friends, and for the people in this world. And so when we act like a little child, and, and it's difficult to, to wrap your brain around this because uh, when we see little kids, we see them running around the room, and we joked a couple weeks ago, I, you know, what would it be like if I dismissed the service and all of you just started running around the room? That would be a little crazy. I'm not saying that we do that, but can we have that wonder like a little kid does? Matter of fact, here's my hope, that sometime during tonight or tomorrow, that every single one of us at some point in the gift opening process will be, what is it? An alarm clock! <laughs> When's the last time you got excited about an alarm clock? Man, it's been a while, that's for sure. Um, and then Pastor Rob talked last week about the fact that our words, our words empower us to receive that wonder and awe or discourage us from receiving it by what we say and the power of speaking um, life into our life. And so I just want to um, just enter into tonight and tomorrow and just want to encourage you, speak life over what you're doing, okay? Um, do everything you can to, to speak from a positive standpoint about it. And so here's what I want to do um, for tonight. I want to talk about, okay, so how, how, do, how, do we, how do we take this in? How do we receive this wonder and this awe for this Christmas, for right now. And so uh, we were talking about it as a teaching team and um, I wanted to get kudos with Pastor DJ and so I told him that I would actually quote or use reference a movie. He always does that, I don't usually, but I'm going to reference and I'm gonna borrow from um, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. How many of you have seen Christmas Carol? All right, most of us in the room. We know the story is about uh, this grumpy old man Ebenezer Scrooge, he doesn't like Christmas, he doesn't like people, and he is taken through a series of events where the ghost of Christmas past comes, the ghost of Christmas present, ghost of Christmas um, future, and after he has these experiences, he begins to realize uh, what a gift people are, what a gift Christmas is, and he totally radically is transformed. And so what I wanted to do today when it comes to wonder is I actually want to talk about the spirit of Christmas past, the spirit of Christmas future, and then I'm going to end with the spirit of Christmas present, how to enjoy Christmas tonight and tomorrow. And so let's jump in. Uh, the spirit of Christmas past. Um, clearly, we are celebrating uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about, is Jesus coming uh, to this planet as a little baby. But I need to actually start before then. I need to go all the way back to the beginning 
of time and actually explain to you what God's intent was. Now, before I do that, I need to ask a question. When we talk about intent, how many of you know that it's super important to understand the intent of a conversation or the intent of what is done for you? Yes? Have you ever said something to somebody and they misunderstood your intent and it got you in trouble? Can you relate to that? All right, I was studying this out. I found this quote and I thought this was really good. The quote says this, if intent is unknown, misunderstanding is inevitable. If intent is unknown, misunderstanding is inevitable. And so I think it's really, really important this Christmas that we take a look back and we actually come to a place where we have an understanding of what God's intention was. Because if you don't understand God's intention, then according to that quote, then your perception and your view of our Heavenly Father is going to be skewed and wrong. Would you agree with that? He goes on and says this, most religions... Focus on trying to get God's attention, which is the wrong approach. We already have God's attention. Most religions are trying to do things in order to get the approval from God, yes? And I would submit that even a lot of Christians that attend churches today that believe in Jesus Christ still have this mindset that they've got to do certain things, they've got to be a certain way in order to get God's love and God's attention. And that is a wrong understanding of God's intent because what God's intent is, church, is that he wanted to have a walking, talking relationship with you and I. That's why he created us, is he wanted relationship. And not only that, but he has a love for every single one of us. He's proud to call you son. He's proud to call you daughter. And he wants us to give him a gift this year. And here's that gift. Just receive that with open arms. Don't try to earn it. Don't try to deserve it. But understand that God loves you unconditionally just the way you are. Now, I've taught before, he loves you so much that he won't leave you the way you are, but he does love you just the way you are. Now, I think I have a really good example, though I think it even pales in comparison, but I think a really good example of this is parents. Think about it. A mom and a dad, they come together, they create this incredible miracle of a little child, and whether it's your first child, your fifth child, or your tenth child, here's what the first couple weeks looks like. I love you. Did I tell you I love you? You haven't done a single thing but throw up and all that other stuff, but I love you. I have never heard, and I realize there's some dysfunctional families and all of that, but in a healthy family, I have never heard of somebody going, when you earn my attention, I will give it to you. Now, the Bible says if we who are sinners can give gifts to our kids in this way how much more does our heavenly father love you and i so get a picture of this because i think it's really important to understand god's intent he wants us to understand that he wants a walking talking loving relationship that he loves the creation that he created and that is you and he wants you to grab a hold of the fact that you don't have to get his attention you don't have to earn it 
he already is shining and looking down upon you. Do you know the Bible says that he sings over us? He sings over us. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Okay, over and over and over, it talks about how we were created. Who created us? God. I mean, it's over and over right there. And in that creation, whose image are we created in? God, man, all the kids, you kids are even awesome. You're like, yeah, we're made in God's image. When's the last time you woke up in the morning, man? I'm made in God's image. Woo! I'm his favorite because I am his favorite. But you can say that too. I, when you wake up and have that understanding that God created you and that he created you in his image, it's an understanding that he wants relationship with us. He longs for it as we long for relationship. We're created in his image. So because we want relationship, that, that's, a, that's one of his characteristics too. And he created us to have that relationship. Now, Adam and Eve, they made a mistake. Sin entered in. Trouble entered in. Jesus said, you will have trouble in this world. Trouble enters in. But you know what? Here's what's amazing. People will say, if God's so good, then how could a loving God let such and such and happen? I, I would submit this to you. If God's so good and holy and pure, how come when, when we as mankind made a mistake, he just didn't kick us out? He didn't do that. He actually said, hey, you know what? I'm going to create another way. That's what we celebrate at Christmas time is we celebrate the fact that he loves us so much that he sent Jesus so that Jesus could understand what we go through in our life so that he could die a brutal death so that he could raise again from the dead so that we could have direct access to our heavenly father. That's how much he loves us is that he didn't kick us to the curb. He said, you know what? I'm going to find another way to make sure that I have this relationship. I hope as you hear that, that fills you with a little sense of awe and wonder. And so when we look back, what, what we find is that we see God's intent is to have that walking, talking relationship with us. And that the reason that we celebrate Christmas is that he sent son, his son to pay for and redeem us so that we could have that right relationship again. All right, so now let's jump and look forward. One of the mistakes that we make at Christmas time is that we focus all in his birth. And, and don't get me wrong, that's what it's all about, absolutely. But if we don't take a little time to focus on the fact that Jesus is coming back, we miss, I believe, the wholeness of what God wants us to, to experience. I said this last year, but I'll, I'll repeat it again. Um, I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with this, but the song Joy to the World, you guys know the song? Everybody knows the song. Do you know that Joy to the World has nothing to do with Christmas? Joy to the World is written about Jesus' second coming. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. It's speaking about Jesus coming back to create everything new, to bring a fresh creation. Now, let me read to you Revelations 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. This will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Now listen to this and see if there's something in you that just doesn't long for all of these things to be in your life. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Listen to these words. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne, real quick, who is that? It's Jesus. Says, I am making everything new. On the count of three, say everything new. One, two, three. How much does everything make up for? Is it anything exempt from everything? It's everything. Jesus says, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I have a friend that will bust my chops all the time because I'll be talking and in the middle of our conversation, I'll be going, I'll say something to this effect. Um, honestly, and then I'll go on and say something or I'll say, I mean, I'm telling you the truth here. And he always looks at me and goes, what was everything else before this? <laughs> I mean, have you been lying to me the whole time and now you're going to tell me the truth? I, you know, and that's not why I do it. And I know we all have funny little sayings that we all say in like that. I know while I'm teaching, I will say that from time to time. You know what? It's not because everything else before that has been a lie. It's because I want to emphasize this point. Yes? Jesus does it right here. I am making all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He's not saying everything I've said before this isn't trustworthy and true. What he's saying is, church, get this. Oh, I hope that you'll grab this right now. Because if you will grab this, it'll fill you with some awe and wonder. Because Jesus wanted to put a little extra emphasis on the fact that he is making everything new. And when we look forward to the spirit of Christmas future, what we're looking forward to is the fact that Jesus is returning and he's returning to bring things back to how it was supposed to be the original intention. He's going to make everything new. Jesus was talking to the disciples in Matthew 19 and um, I'm just going to use the very first part of verse 20 said, 28. It says, Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, at the renewal of all things, I, as the way I understand it, all and everything are the same. Yes? So as we celebrate Christmas, here's my heart and here's my hope. I want you to understand that God is coming back. Jesus is going to return, and he's going to return to bring everything back to where it was originally intended. He's going to make all things new. He's going to renew all things. What does that mean? That means those things in you that you wish could be perfect are going to be. We are created with things in our hearts. Have you ever, have you ever had a daydream about something, and you're like, oh, no, that can never happen. It can when all things become new, because when Jesus comes back, he's going to bring back the original intention of everything that he's put in us, that he's purposed and planned with us. Everything that brings you joy and excitement, he wants to, he wants to complete in us and bring to full fruition.
you know what, I think we have this misunderstood understanding of what heaven looks like. I think we think heaven is um, a bunch of us that, that have asked Jesus in our heart, we, we die and we're going to go sit on a cloud and we're going to eat grapes and we're going to play a harp. That's going to be fun for about three seconds. And if that's your interpretation or if that's your thinking of what heaven is going to be like, there's not much reason to look forward to going to the future, correct? But that's not what is being said here. Jesus says that the renewal of all things, I'm coming to make all things new, everything new. What he's saying is the things that you enjoy now, man, not only will you get to continue to enjoy, but you'll get to enjoy them to the full. I joked with the staff, we were talking about playing football, and I said, hey, I just need to admit this to you guys. Um, I loved the game so much when I was younger, when I had the lungs to play and I was a little quicker. Uh, I, I loved the game so much that uh, in my mind, and I wish I could say this was like when I was 13, 15, 16, like that. No, it was when I was like 26, 27. But here's my mind. Heaven is going to be one long football game. We're just going to get to play over and over and over. Now, some of you are going, that would be hell to me. <laughs> but here's the beauty. Heaven is going to be this place where we're going to get to experience everything that we were wired and created for. We're going to get to experience the perfection in it. Everything that brings you the joy and the life, and the, you're going to get to experience it to its completion, to its fullness. Man, I don't know about you, but when I hear that, I get get excited inside. There's an awe and a wonder that starts to stir up in me. And really, there's a hope that comes. Because when I have that understanding, then it gives me something to look forward to. Yes? Okay. So, Christmas is not just about Jesus coming as a baby, but also the promise of his return as the perfect king, restoring us to everything that we were created for. Now, let's look to the spirit of Christmas present. I believe that God has given us an understanding of what he intended. He's given us a picture of what's coming. And the reason that he's done that is so that we can moor ourselves or, or anchor ourselves to him for now. Let me read a, scripture, a section of scripture from Hebrews chapter 6. It says this. God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever. Now, there's different translations of the Bible, um, and there's one called the Passion Translation. And I want to read this section of scripture one more time because I found myself just really resonating with the wording of this section of scripture in this translation. So listen to it again and see if it doesn't resonate with you. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt. Let's just stop there for a second. How many of you would love to have doubt in your life ended? Ah, amen. I, God wanted. I mean, this is his heart. This is his desire. If you want to see that his heart isn't that we would 
continue to live in this state, that he has something better planned for us. Right here, he's trying to encourage us in the fact that he wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promise. His purpose was unchangeable. So God added his vow to the promise. So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. I get a picture of a little kid running into mom and dad's arms to hide. He wants us to run into him. This is where we will find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. That's God's promise. That's God's desire for each one of us is that we would have an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls, souls to God himself. Church, I believe that when we look back to what God's intent was and when we look forward to what he's going to do, we have two mooring lines that anchor us into Jesus Christ. And I find myself thinking that if you have anything else that you're anchoring to, that thing will fail you. And we live in a world where we see that this is evident and true in the fact that people are hurt all the time because they put their trust, they put their anchor on someone or something else, and that someone or something else hurts them, and so now they're shaken. When trouble comes, they are totally, totally blown apart. They are devastated. They don't know what to do because what they were anchored to let them down. Anybody in here, don't raise your hand, but anybody in here. Do you know of somebody that has given their trust to somebody that that person broke it? And so now because of that, they won't fully give themselves to somebody else. That's not God's intent, church. His intent is that we would have deep, meaningful relationships. His intent is that we would enjoy our life to its full. Jesus said, I came to give life and life in what? Abundance. Why don't we have that abundance? Could it be that we've anchored ourselves to things that have let us down and so therefore now we put guards up and we put walls up and we're afraid to actually live with wonder and awe because we're afraid we might get hurt again. That's not our Father's heart though. And our Father's heart is that we would enjoy our lives and have it to the full. And I believe with everything in me that the more you anchor to what he's done for you and the more you grab a hold of what he's going to do for you and you anchor yourself to that, that when troubled times come, and like I said earlier, Jesus said there would be trouble, but when troubled times come, they won't shake you. It won't rattle you. You'll be able to stand firm because you know what's coming or you know what's happened and be able to trust on it. And you'll be able to stand with that anchor as a sure foundation. And so what does that mean for Christmas today? Well, I would, I would, I put it this way in my notes. There is strength for the present when we understand God's original intent and what he is going to do to restore all things. This becomes an anchor that we can tie ourselves to that enables us to enjoy the wonder of it all in the moment. You know what's amazing about kids? And parents, you can correct me if, if I'm wrong right here, but kids tend to live in the moment. They're very right now, right here. As a matter of fact, the kids listening to me right now are wishing, Pastor Dan, would you stop so we can go home and celebrate Christmas? That 
There, it, no? All right. High five right here. All right. Kids live in the moment. They're so good at doing that. A couple of weeks we talked about how, how kids will be in a fight, and five minutes later, they'll be best friends again. How do they do that? Because they live in the moment. They're not consumed by what took place in the past. They're not consumed by what is coming up. They live in that moment. And church, I believe to truly enjoy and have abundant life, uh, what we need to do is remember what he's done for us, think about what's coming, but engage in the now and enjoy the moment that God has given to us right here and right now. And so tonight and tomorrow, don't think about next year. Don't think about next week. Don't think about last year. Don't talk about last year. Just focus in on today, the people that you're with, the food that you're eating. We always make a prime rib, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to practice what I'm preaching. I'm going to take that first bite, and I'm, mm, I'm going to forget everything else but that one bite right then. And I might do it for the second and the third and the fourth bite. Find something and just be in the moment and enjoy this Christmas. Enjoy this Christmas. Be childlike. Like I said, be, be crazy when you open a present. See who can outdo who on the wow factor of gift opening. You're laughing, kind of nervous laughter. But <laughs> what would it be like? I mean, just bring that joy of, of receiving those gifts, just enjoying this. I asked my, my teaching team, I said, um, what, what, is what is something practical that I can give so people can be sent out with just something practical? And um, DJ, DJ said this, and I thought this was a good one. He said, celebrate Jesus for who he is today. Celebrate Jesus for who he is today. Um, it actually reminded me of the section of scripture in Matthew where Jesus is talking to the disciples and he, he asks them and he says, who do you say, who, who do you say that other, or who do other people say that I am? And they gave him all kinds of different answers. And um, then he came back and said, well, but what about you? In verse 15, he said, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Sometime tonight or tomorrow, would you just ask yourself this question? Who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus to me? And take a minute to reflect on that. And if you have invited Jesus into your heart and you've asked him to be a part of your life, then would you just let the awe and wonder of that decision just come in and fill you with joy and hope and peace and just live in that moment? If you're here right now and you're not sure about what you feel about God and Jesus and all that, um, Here's my challenge to you. Ask, ask God to, to make himself real to you. I believe that he will answer you. And the reason I believe that is because he did for me. Here's, here's how I came into having a relationship with the Lord. Somebody told me this. Dan, God doesn't want religion from you. He wants a relationship. And I couldn't get away from that thought. And I went home and I said, okay, God, if you're real, then prove it. And through a series of events in the next 30 days, 
God radically proved himself to me and showed that he cared for me, he knew me, and that he wanted a relationship with me. And so if you're here today, and when I say who is Jesus to you, you're not sure, spend a little time tonight or tomorrow and just ask God to prove himself to you. Every year we celebrate Christmas. It's about Jesus' birth. It's not about gifts. It's not about all of the other accoutrements we put together. It's about the fact that God sent his one and only son. Wrestle that out. Ask God if this is really real, if, if what that preacher man was talking about is true. Show yourself real to me. And I believe that he will. Janelle, uh, Janelle said this. Tell people to picture Jesus sitting with them and them being anchored to him. You know, not everybody thinks this is the most wonderful time of the year. For some, this is a time of pain. And it's just a difficult time. In Psalms 147 verse 3, it says, He heals the broken heart and binds up the wounds. Isaiah 61, you'll find a very similar scripture. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18, you'll find a very similar scripture. You know what? Your heavenly father loves you so much that he wants to come alongside you and he wants to heal your broken heart. He wants to bind the wound. He wants to be with you in that. And if you will take time tonight or tomorrow and just say, God, I'm hurting. Where are you right now? And if you will let him speak over you or if you will let him show where he is in your life, I think you may be greatly encouraged, as Hebrew said, in the fact that he knows you and he's with you. And he wants to heal you and help you. My wife, several years ago, I, told me this um, interaction that she had with the Lord one day. She was praying and she fell asleep. And she woke up and she found herself feeling bad that she had fallen asleep. And she felt like the Lord told her, hey, don't feel bad. You just crawled up in my lap and fell asleep. And I loved it. Parents, anybody, when your kid crawls up in your lap and they just fall asleep, well, first off you go, oh, it's so quiet. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. You don't want that moment to go, you know. You know, sometimes I think we miss out on opportunities to really have a sense of awe and wonder because we just don't simply ask Jesus where he is in that moment. Where are you? What do you say over me right now? And let him speak to us. Pastor Rob said, tell them to see wonder in everything. We have a video that we saw, so I want to show you this. Check this out.
Parents, have you ever told your kids you get to choose your attitude? I'm just going to let that resonate for a minute. Hey, church, we get to choose our attitude. We get to choose when we wake up every morning whether we are going to experience a wonder and an awe about the miraculous fact that we have running water and we don't have to walk five miles to get a jug of water like other people in other places do. The fact that we have a car to get around. Everything, the fact that we can breathe. I, so many different things that we can be filled with awe and wonder. Or we can wake up and we can just start off where we were last night complaining about filling your complaint. We get to choose. And this Christmas... You're going to have choices. We get with family. We get with friends. We do different things. We get to choose. We get to choose. Live every moment as it's a gift. Cherish those special things this Christmas. And I will just simply finish by just saying um, my contribution to that conversation was do whatever it takes tonight and tomorrow. To enjoy a moment. Enjoy a moment. And the more moments you can enjoy, the better your Christmas will be. I believe that with all of my heart. Be intentional about just capturing those little times, those little moments in which you can just enjoy the gift that God has given to you in family, in friends, in food, in a home, in whatever it is. But just capture that moment and enjoy it.